Welcome back to another episode of the Gen Z Football Podcast. I'm Ryan Shop, and I'm joined as always by Tom Hayes. How, How are you, you, Tom? Yeah, pretty good. And yourself? Yeah, I'm pretty good. What's been going on this week? Uh, not a lot. Um, there has been no Premier League action this week. Yep. Um, there's been a few international games, and we'll talk about that in the rundown. Yep. Um, I don't know. What, what, what's been going on with you? Um, not a lot as well. Just been doing some uh, reporting for some football games, um, mainly international ones. They're the only ones that have been on at the moment. Um, but yeah, Nations League in full swing, Europa, oh, not Europa, Euro 2020 or Euro 2021, I guess it will be next season. Yep. Those qualifiers were completed. Um, so all 24 teams are now set for that. We'll talk about in the rundown. But yeah, that's about it for me this week. Not a great deal. Yep. So in this podcast, we are rating or looking at underrated Premier League um, goalkeepers. Um, so goalkeepers that you know have flown under the radar, have had um, been second choice at their clubs or even in their country, or even just not appreciated, um, even yeah. though they are first choice goalkeepers, both for club and country. Um, that's our main segment. We will look at the matches for this week and continue our tipping, resume mm-hmm. our tipping. Um, there are no Champions League matches this week. Um, the Champions League doesn't start back up again until the 23rd. So next episode. Um, so next, yeah, next episode. Um, we will also be looking at a few transfer whispers, uh, we'll move on to our yes or no's. And yeah, it's a pretty it. short and sharp podcast this week. Um, no, we'll say that. It'll be like yeah, the longest episode. We'll get stuck, in, we'll get stuck into um, all the week's news in the rundown. This week on The Rundown, on Monday, Juventus, uh, reports came out from Juventus that they are preparing to sell Cristiano Ronaldo next summer uh, rather than offering him a new deal at the club. Um, obviously, they're under new management. Um, so, And reports <laughs> suggest um, Manchester United might be interested, his old club, his former yes. club. Big news. Big, big, big news. Um, so, yeah, Juventus, they... I don't know if they actually said they were going to or they were prepared to sell him. I think they were more like they'll entertain offers that were to come in. And if he wants to leave, they will, you know, figure out a way to let him leave. Yeah, um, for, for facilitate the uh, move. Yeah. Unlike um, what happened with Messi at Barcelona. <laughs> exactly. Um, so, yeah, he's currently still on a contract that runs until 2022. So, that'll be interesting how that plays out. I just assume it'll just be like a regular transfer. They'll pay a fee. Which yeah, and as it would be under Look, uh, under a contract, yeah. he might even be on a free. I'm not sure if he s- would still be under contract by then. He, sh- he should be. He I might, think it's, he his contract's be. till June 2022. So yeah, still got a year and a half left. Um, but yeah, we'll talk more about how, that in the transfer. Sorry, whispers, um, how much do you reckon the fee will be? Because his last fee was something like 150 it won't million. Be, it won't euros? Be anything. I don't think it'll be over 100 mil. No. Honestly, if it's Manchester United. I think there'll be a player swap involved. Yeah. We'll talk about that, though, in the run... Eh, no, not the rundown. Yeah. Transfer whispers. Don't want to give too much away just yet. Uh, moving on, on Tuesday, David Beckham reportedly... Um, was It was announced on Tuesday that David Beckham reportedly wants to bring in Sergio Ramos to Inter Miami. Obviously, David Beckham's um, part owner of that football club in the MLS in the United States. Um, as the Spaniard is out of contract next season at um, the Bernabeu, Obviously, Sergio Ramos has been with um, Los Blancos for many, many years. Um, he probably was even a youth player there. I'm not too sure on that, but it seems yeah. likely he's their captain. Um, he's been in the senior squad since 05. Yeah, so that's a long, long time. time. <laughs> um, I honestly don't think he's ready to give up the top tier of football just yet. I think no. he's probably got a couple of years left in him. But I think this is a, you know, it's a... Maybe something he do. Like later on, yeah, it's an appealing offer for his um, retirement or transition yeah. to a lesser important league. In quotations, mm. although the MLS is growing, um, it's popping off. It yeah. really is. Um, but yeah, he's obviously had a very decorated career at Real Madrid. Won't go too much into it, but even just last week, he scored his hundredth goal for the club. He's recently passed over six hundred fifty appearances for them. Um, so yeah. It'll be a shame to see him leave, like eventually, as it is for like all heroes leaving their their main squad. But um, I don't, I don't think he's ready to leave either. Yeah. Uh, moving on on Wednesday, Gleg. Uh, Gleg. Gleg. 
Sorry. On Wednesday, Greg Clark, uh, the former, now, FA chairman, resigned his position after a series of unacceptable slurs um, caused a bit of outrage in the media. Um, he referred to uh, BAME people, as um, they like to be known, or as is has become um, to be acceptable in the, um, the British media, um, which is um, for Australian, the Australian audience or anyone outside of Britain, is British, Black, Asian, and minority ethnic uh, peoples. So that's just the um, term used. Um, he referred to the them as um, coloured, which you know harpers back to a, a bit of an old-fashioned kind of outdated, term. outdated, um, more of a slur. Yeah. Then any like um, it had negative connotations to it. Um, yeah. Not that I don't think he meant any offence to it. We we should probably say this. Um, he he came out and said that he you know he didn't mean he to apologized. cause any offence. He apologized, but he resigned. Um, like he wasn't forced to resign. Yeah, but he resigned. I think he handled the situation as best as he could. I believe. I don't think he you know there was no real struggle to to stay or whatever. No. Um, which is probably the best best decision that he actually could have made um when in his apology speech or his exit speech or whatever that was um you know he said he he wants to put the interests of football first which that was of him resigning um and it was a disservice to the game which you know it's a, it's disappointing that even if he meant to say it or it just slipped out you know stuff like that just doesn't fly like in this day and age so Unfortunate for him, but he said um, that he'll return to the business uh, world. Um, so, yeah, that's about it on him. Yeah. Um, moving on, on Wednesday, the Premier League Chief Executive Richard Masters confirmed that the pay-per-view matches will be dropped. Um, this is something that's caused a lot of outrage, especially as the United Kingdom goes into a second or third lockdown, depending on yeah. where you are in the United Kingdom. Um Anyway, the second more serious lockdown um, and people, you know, there's no people allowed at the venues and they were charging between pretty much 14, 13, pretty 30 much pounds. Um, yeah, pretty close to ticket prices unless you go to the Emirates, which is ridiculously, ridiculously <laughs> expensive high. still so many years after they've constructed it. But that's another issue. Um, yeah, this is great news for um, English um, fans. Um yeah. That cannot go, cannot attend the games. Obviously, in Australia, we have Optus Sport, which is really good, oh, well priced. So um, especially, we can't actually attend the games at all because we live in Australia. But you know, um, actually, Optus Sport is so good. Yeah, like think about very good value. You get Premier League, Champions League, Europa League, Nations League, international friendlies, J League. If you want to watch that, like it's pretty pretty good value, and you get every game as well. You don't get a select amount of games. You get every game. Yeah. It's unreal. Um, but yeah, I think since then they've actually announced that it has been dropped, not that they will be dropping it. So um, that's good. Um, and yeah, I think, what else did they say? He said, uh, this is what the quote was. We've listened to feedback and we'll be changing the direction and moving away from it um, and taking another step that will see us through lockdown, the Christmas period and in January. So potentially hinting at something else there yep. that they will be using you know, for those for that time, but nothing's been announced as yet. I should just uh, say that we're not sponsored by Optus Sport, um, although, um, you know, make us an offer if you like. <laughs> um, we will not turn it down. Um, anyway, to move on, uh, also on Wednesday, Pep Guardiola and Jurgen Klopp, um, the story that Pep Guardiola and Jurgen Klopp uh, resurfaced again, um, saying that they are passionately interested or insisting that the Premier League change to the number of substitutions from three to five. We have spoken about this in previous podcasts, um, especially when they were transitioning back to the three. Um, I mean, it makes sense now that they'd like to do it, especially uh, for Jurgen Klopp because he's got so many injured players. Well, both of them have really, yeah. like long injury list. But yeah, I, I still don't know about it, to be honest. I, I can see the positive. Obviously, you can rest two extra players every game but at the same time it's nowadays, an unfair i feel like those like sorry i'll start i'll start again i feel like the main issue with player injuries or you know their fixed fi uh, their field fixtures is that um you know those international friendlies they have in between 
the international break and the actual competition. I feel mm. like they're the real problem. Not so much for the like the big big players, but you get those players like in between, say with oh, Joe Gomez, how he got injured in training for that game. Um, yep. That's just the one that comes to the top of my head. But like other players, you see that play in both the competition in the international games and the friendlies. Like Donny Van der Beek, he played for Netherlands in both games. Didn't get injured, well, fortunately. The thing is with him, he's not actually getting much of a he's not game getting time game anyway. At, so. at United. Um, but yeah, I'm just trying to think. Is really saving someone 30 minutes or so, or maybe even 45 minutes in a game, it could potentially save them from an injury. Yeah. But I feel like the bigger issue lies with international games. Yeah, I think it's a bit of a difference this season because all the games, uh, the Premier League, the Champions League, the Europa League, FA Cup, uh, Carabao Cup, um, internationals, um, they're all kind of very close together just because of the schedule that we've got. Yeah. Um, but I, as I've said before in this podcast, I don't believe, I think five is too much. I think it was fair when they were coming out of lockdown. Um, but I don't know, there should be some rule three or something and then like keep it at three. But if someone gets injured and they cannot play, um, that doesn't count towards, that doesn't count towards it. And so that would also rule them perhaps out of the next game. Like if you'd got took, taken off on an injury substitute, you couldn't play the next game because then it could be exploited. Mm. Um, I think that would be fair because that means that, you know, the player's really injured or, and yeah. the club is, you know, they really need to get him off. Um, yeah. And they shouldn't really be penalised with 10 men for the rest of, say, if it happens in the fifth minute, they sh- the next 85 minutes, they shouldn't. It's not really fair if they only play with... And then they've, you know, they have to change the whole strategy if they only have three. Um, that's a big problem. Uh, I think five, three to five, it doesn't sound like a big difference, but it really it is. is. Because you think about, I think I've said this before, five substitutes, say you've got 10 outfield players, five substitutes, that's half your team that you're allowed to refresh yep. through the game. And like it's never been done like that before, since before yeah. lockdown. And especially with bigger clubs like Liverpool and Manchester United, uh, Manchester City and United as well. Um, <laughs> but City, um, as we're talking about, Pep Guardiola and Jurgen Klopp, they have like two squads. Like Essentially, they have big, big squad sizes. So it's kind of unfair to them because the smaller clubs like your Burnleys, like your West Broms, like your... Um, Fulham's that you know they've they've only got a smaller squad and they can't really afford to rotate players and you know especially when you're up against the bigger clubs you want your best players on the field um, whereas you know Pep Guardiola and Jurgen Klopp can really afford to rotate players but now they're in a situation where even some of their reserve players or their rotation players are injured yeah. Um, but I, I don't think it's fair to just go, oh, yeah, we want the rules changed just because of that. Um, yeah. yeah, it's something to look at. It's not going to happen for the rest of this season. Yeah. Um, There's a real, like, danger zone with with squads, obviously, because, you know, there's a squad submission date that they have. It's Well, they had it in September this season, and I think you're allowed, what, 26, I believe? I don't actually know. But you're only allowed a certain amount of players in your squad, and you have to qualify those. Players. I think it's twenty five, but yeah, yeah. twenty five. Yeah, you may have to qual. You have to qualify those players to play in the competition. Mm. So take Arsenal for example, how they didn't submit Özil into the squads for the cha- oh, Europa League. Sorry, and Premier League. If they were to have all their midfielders injured, he's just sitting he there. Play. He can't play. So it's that danger period between. Well, for this season, it's between say. October, November, December, coming up to winter window where they can actually buy players to play. That's a real um, danger spot, I suppose, because now with Manchester City and Liverpool, um, Manchester City more probably because they haven't got the table position, but it can obviously flip on its head, um, are probably in danger of, you know, dropping more points because they don't have the players. They didn't have a, a striker for the start of the season. Uh, and now Liverpool don't have a back four, or they're starting back four. So it's really like, yeah. I don't think five subs would have would have changed that, honestly. Yeah, um, yeah we should probably move on. Um, so on Friday, Hungary, North Macedonia, Slovakia, and Scotland finalised their uh, avail- finalised the available spots for Euro twenty twenty. For Scotland, this is massive. Mm-hmm. Um, for someone who follows uh, UK football. 
Um, I think the Scottish Premier League's um, extreme Premiership, sorry, is extremely underrated. Um, and the Scottish talent in the Premier League and across the globe um, has started to show through a bit more in their national side's performances. Um, this is the first international, big international tournament Scotland will compete in since 1998, and that would have been the World Cup, I believe. Mm. Um, yeah, it's massive for Scotland. Um, also for North Macedonia, Hungary, and Slovakia, although I think they've all competed in Euros or... North Macedonia's first. North it's Macedonia. first ever major oh, But Hungary have competed in World Cup yeah, Hungary, a couple times. Yeah, recently as well. Yeah. Um, as, as uh, Slovakia. So that's good to hear. And yes. finally, on Sunday, Sergio Ramos overtook Jean uh, Luigi Buffon uh, with the most international caps for a European player. What was that number? Uh, a- 177. That's that's huge. Um, he was on 170. No, he equaled it with 176. He played for five minutes in the friendly before yeah. this game. And then he um, started this one and overtook. Now 177. So he's pretty much played every opportunity he's had. Yeah. You'd say. You'd have to say. Um, in the match as well, he missed two penalties. And one, like, one was a, the first one was a good one. Like, good save. The second one, he just, like, dragged his foot across the ball. And it was, like, it just crawled to the keeper. It was kind of funny. Um, and people were... Comparing it to the Lookman, <laughs> the Lookman one from last week. Yeah, but anyway, doesn't really anyway. matter at the, the end of the day. Very good. And that was the rundown. So for the main segment this week, uh, we are talking about unrated Premier League goalkeepers, specifically in this season. Um, so far, only a, a small number of games, but you know you can start to tell who's uh, performing better than what than what they have or what they expected. Um, in terms of the league and other goalkeepers in the league, um, so we'll go. We'll start right now. We've got four uh, keepers. We'll briefly talk about and two honourable mentions that we'll just mention at the end that could have made the list, but yeah, decided not to. Um, all these goalies, how they're very old. They're about the same age. They're between twenty-eight and thirty-two, so within yeah. a f- four-year age gap. So yeah. oh, I wouldn't. They're not very old, but, not old, but I mean, Buffon was is still playing. Yeah. So, and he's 41. Exactly. So, um, I think we're, st- we're going to start with uh, Burton Leno. Yes, Arsenal boy. Yeah. Uh, he was born in Germany in the town of, I may get this wrong, uh, Beitgeheim Bissingen. I'm, you know, your, I, I'm usually good at this. Mine, yeah. But, um, you know, he's, he's 28. He's 1.9 meters tall or... For you um, imperialists, uh, Americans mainly, uh, six foot and three inches oh. tall. So they're also to mention, not only are they within the same age, roughly, um, they're within the same height. They're pretty um, similar. Yeah. So he's an Arsenal player now. Uh, he's played for, he started his career, uh, his youth career with Stuttgart VFB. He played for the Stuttgart VFB uh, second side from 2009 to 2011. He played 57 games there. He played for Bayer Leverkusen from 2011 to 2018. He played 233 games there. And then he obviously moved to Arsenal in 2018 and he's played 70 games there. He's played eight German um, national matches. Um, only eight. Only eight. I mean, he I mean, is... Yeah, he's second he is sec- No, he's... Oh, he's probably oh, yeah, third or fourth. Um, yeah, so Neuer and Stegen would that. easily pip him. Um, yeah. No offense to Bernardo. So he's yeah. He's um, not really this is one of the reasons why he's another rated goalkeeper because he hasn't got a lot of yeah. um, international time. Yeah. So this season he's had um, he's had, he's had a pretty good season, and I'll say this. Um, actually, I'll, I'll keep it. I'll wait till near the end of this. But um, he's played eight games, conceded ten goals, and had. Just the two clean sheets. Arsenal currently sit 11th in the Premier yeah. League. Doesn't really bode well. Know, yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, but, you know, it's not just the goalkeeper's fault because of no. you're losing. Um, it's often they, not the goalkeeper's fault. Yeah. <laughs> except if you're Kepa, but that's another thing. <laughs> um, yeah, they could drop to 12th if United are to win their game in hand that they have against Villa or Burnley, one of the two. Um, same colours. Just gets me all mixed together in the end. Um <laughs> But yeah, as Shoppy said, arrived in 2018 and he's been their first choice goalkeeper ever since. 
um, overtook Martinez, which is one of the guys on the list we'll talk about. Um, spoilers. Spoilers. I think we'll get to him last, but... Ma- um, Leno. Leno, Leno, Leno. I remember that my first memory of Bernard Leno is in, like, when I played FIFA 16. Mm-hmm. And he was always, like... Because Liverpool had didn't have a good um, goalie. It was Mignolet in 2016. So, Leno... Sorry, any uh, fans out there? Leno was always the guy that was scouted to me. Yep. And I always bought him. Um, and he was, like, really good. And I was like... Liverpool should buy him. You know, bought in Allison. That they kept Mignolet for longer than I thought. That's another story. But. Anyway, um, anything else to say on Leno? Um, one thing with Leno, I guess I'll mention it now. With Arsenal, I feel like Leno is the most unlucky person on the squad, probably behind Meza Özil. <laughs> because you can't get much unluckier I than Meza Özil. But I honestly think he's a really good goalkeeper. Like. He's, he doesn't get the limelight that other goalies get, mainly because Arsenal aren't up there at the moment. Because, of, yeah, he's... Um, yeah. But, yeah, I, I feel like most of the goals or errors that lead to goals are from defenders. And probably last year you could have thought uh, thanked David Luiz for half of them. Who else did they have that, like, honestly... You can't even... What's his name? David Luiz Socrates. Socrates, even. Like, he Socrates? Was their, he was their best... Center back last season, and he still Who? Socrates Papastopoulos. Oh, I think he said Socrates. No, Socrates the... Papastopoulos. Okay. Right. But anyway, um, yeah, I honestly think he's unlucky. Um, but the way he concedes, like honestly, half of them you can't stop. But like every goalkeeper is going to concede once in a while. Yeah, honestly, I feel like he's like very unlucky, and he does very well. He's very good shot stopper. He's very good positioning. He's very agile. He just is unlucky. And yeah, I think that's why he's underrated is that Arsenal aren't a complete squad yet. And that's half the reason why he's not going to get noticed is because they're sitting halfway up the table. So nowhere near the top. So yeah. Yeah. Um, moving on. Yes. Um, the next is uh, Rui Patricio uh, for Wolverhampton Wanderers, currently plays with. Uh, he was born in. Another hard to pronounce uh, place, uh, Regiria de Ponce. Hopefully, I've said that right to any Portuguese people out there. I'm sorry. Um, in Portugal, he is 32 years of age. He is also 1.9 meters, so six foot three. Is he the oldest on the list? Yes, he is the oldest on our list. Um, he's played for Sporting um, from 2006 to 2018. Uh, he played 327 games for them. Yeah. Um, then he moved to uh, Wolverhampton Wanderers in 2018, and he's played 82 matches. He's also the number one goalkeeper for Portugal and has played... Sorry, he's played 91 games for Portugal. Yeah. Um, a few interesting things, just before we um, discuss him further. Um, he's received the uh, commander of the... Order of Merit in Portugal, which is similar to an OBE or an MBE in the UK. And he's also got a statue of himself in the town of... Sorry. In the town of Loria, I think that's how you say it. I'm sorry if I've pronounced it wrong again. Completely butchered it, I reckon. Yeah, probably. <laughs> um, and it commemorates, com- commemorates his save um, of... Um, Griezmann in the 2016 oh, final. Oh, yes. Uh, so, it's a pretty impressive looking statue with him full stretched out to save. Um, so, yeah. I think that's that's a good place to start. Like, I think about, from about 2016, that's when people started to recognise that, you know, this guy's really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, Wolves bought him not long after that. Um, but I think he's been very good at Wolves. Um, since he's obviously been their number one goalie since he's joined, um, Wolves have provided good table results in the last three seasons up there in the top half. Even last season, they were very close to the European spots. Um, and like up there with the old guys, he's mature head. He he's a leader, especially with half the Portugal team being Portuguese. It's pretty easy to do that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, again, good shot stopper. Like he's a very agile player. Um, I don't have too many stats. Obviously, this season, he's played eight games, conceded nine goals. Not too bad in the end of the day. Four, four of them clean sheets as well. 
Um, Wolves currently sit ninth in the Premier League, but they could drop to 11th if United and City are to win their games in hand. Um, and yeah, arrived in 2018. Yeah, um, obviously he's probably at the peak of his career or a little bit past Just it. About, yeah, but he's still very yeah. much. Um, so yeah, one ever of the since best. he's been at Wolves, he's been at the best of his game. Yeah, probably even before that, maybe that the Euro win with Portugal was probably the highlight of his career. I'd say. Yeah, I would agree. Um, moving on. Next, we have second. Who would you have second? Second on the list. We're going from bottom to top, so second. Oh, second. We've done fourth, um, third. I'd say Alex McCarthy. Yeah, you're right there. <laughs> uh, I'm from Southampton. Um, Boy, has he had a career. Yeah, interesting career. Played at many clubs. Um, so he's born in Guildford. So many is an understatement, by the that's way. That's a bit easier um, place to pronounce. <laughs> Guildford in Surrey, which is in England. Um, he's 30, so he's around the same age as the last few. He's six foot four, so one hundred one meter and ninety three one meter and ninety three centimeters tall. Um, so also about the same height as the last two. Um, he played for Reading between two thousand and seven and two thousand and fourteen. In that time, he was on loan at Woking, um, Cambridge United, Team Bath. Uh, Aldershot Town, Yeovil Town, Brentford, Leeds, and Ipswich Town. Eight clubs. Um, during that time, he also he played. Um, it was a bit. He seemed to spend a lot of time on the bench. He played well. This from what the figures say, um, he played one game for Woking, one game for um, Cambridge, uh, two games for Bath. Uh, four games for Aldershot, 44 games for Yeovil Town, Should three games for Brentford, six games for <laughs> Leeds. Um, and then he moved to QPR, Queen's Park Rangers, and he played there from 2014 to 15. Um, Is that one season? Yeah, I don't think he played that many games uh, for yep. them. I don't actually have it written down. Um, but he then he moved to Crystal Palace from 2015 to 16, where he played a big number of games. Seven. Um, and then he obviously moved to Southampton, where he's played 77 games. Um, so, since 2016, he's also played one match for England. He's got one cap for England, which is pretty hard to do, I'd say, um, with the amount of um, quality goalkeepers yeah. they have in their squad. Um, yeah. yeah. I think he's another interesting story, mainly because this season's been probably the best season of his career. Um, Southampton obviously hit the ground running this season um, but at the start of the season it was actually really heavily debated whether he would start as the starting goalkeeper over Fraser Forster um, and obviously he is now he started every game since um, the first game he has played eight games so far conceded 12 and uh, got four clean sheets so half of yep. the clean sheets um, yeah Southampton currently sit fourth in the Premier League could drop to fifth if Villa win their game in hand and their game in hand could put them top by the way um, so yeah, arrived in 2016 for very cheap, 4.7 million euros, or that's how much it costs. And yeah, loaned out eight times in his career at Reading, I believe that's where he was when he was loaned out. Reading. Yeah, he was Reading for yeah. seven years. Again, another player that's been very, very good overlooked. this season. Yeah, probably overlooked. A lot of other teams could have probably used him in the in those other seasons. Yeah. Um, and I'm surprised that was the only games he played was at Yeovil Town. But yeah, another <laughs> another big one yep. gone missing. But I think the next one's just the biggest one. Yeah. Um, oh, wait, honorable mentions. Honorable first. mentions. We'll just mention these players. We're going to... Uh, we had two players that we thought may make the list. Um, Carl Darlow, Newcastle. Most saves in the last couple of seasons of the Premier League. Obviously... Not the most. Most goals. saves, but still conceded yeah, quite a lot. still conceded quite a lot. Yeah, unfortunately. Um, Newcastle, very, uh, let's say, leaky defence at yep. times. Um, Apt that you're wearing a Shearer shirt. I mean, this is from, what, 1997, 8, I want to say. When they nearly won the league. Yeah, so <laughs> quite different time. Um, and that other player we had was uh, Matty Ryan, Brighton and Hove Albion, Aussie boy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Half the reason why he's on the list is yeah, an honourable mention, but I mean he does a nah, good job. He's, I think he's honestly, he's not bad. 
Um, similar, similarly to Carl Darlow, the, the teams are quite similar, obviously, with the defensive issues they may have, which uh, could force the goals that they concede. Yeah. Um, but at oh. the same time, he came in uh, back from injury last season, uh, last week. Yeah, in the game back, and they kept a clean sheet. So, uh, positive, would, positive. If positive. we had it done this last season, I think Ben Foster would have been in our. Oh yeah, easily, easily, um, or an honourable mention. But I watch, watch his YouTube videos. <laughs> yeah, he's he's brilliant. Um, anyway, moving on to our number one. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we, you know, it's pretty. I think I already I already said who it was. <laughs> yeah, um, it's uh, Miliano Martinez, um, or Martinez however you like to pronounce it. Um, he's currently at Aston Villa. So he was born in Mar del Plata in Argentina. He's 28 years of age, so roughly the same age as the players, the goalkeepers that we've mentioned so far. Still got Although, a fair bit of time left as well. Yeah. I think Villa will get a good... A well, good he's done use very good this season so oh, far. Oh, yeah. Um, he's the tallest on our list. Um, <laughs> but I don't know about our honourable mentions, but so far he's the tallest on the list. He's 1.95 metres, so... Six foot five. Gee whiz. Yeah. Um, he is... Um, his senior appearances he's had... He was with Arsenal from 2012 to 2020, so eight years. But in that time, he only played 15 league games. Mm. So, he was on loan, like our good friend... McCarthy. McCarthy, sorry. <laughs> just wanted to get that right. Um, that we mentioned just before. Um, many times, he was on loan um, for the majority of his time... In North London, um, at Oxford United, uh, Sheffield Wednesday, um, Rotherham United, Wolverhampton Wanderers, and Getafe um, before he was... Up to Spain. Sorry? He went up to Spain even. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, didn't get that. Um, yeah, he went to Spain, Getafe, um, and then he was brought back into the squad after Leno um, had some trouble. What did he do? Yeah. Uh, he injured, injured something. <laughs> I forgot what he injured. Um, so two of our mentions are in this lineup, and in 2020, at the start of the season, before the start of the season, he signed uh, with Aston Villa, and has played seven games there so far. So getting close to his Arsenal, hundred percent game time he's gotten. Yep, almost. Yeah, almost. Gotten well the same amount to. of games. I think it's one of the signings of the summer. Yeah, brilliant. Um, very brilliant. good for Aston Villa as well. Um, they had an aging goalkeeper lineup, so they hadn't really had no option to delve into the transfer market, and they should have, and they did, and they got a good, good, good bloke out of it. <laughs> seven games, seven games, nine conceded, four clean sheets. Yeah, Aston Villa absolutely flying this season, um, game in hand as well. Could go top yep. of the Premier League, which would be massive. I'd just like to uh, mention something about Martinez, um, is that. He won the FA Cup. Um, he played in the FA Cup final. Oh, yeah. He played the community um, as well. And he was probably the most affected emotionally on the ground because oh, yeah. he'd been on loan for so many times and he, you know, he'd loved Arsenal um, and he'd been there for eight years and to win something with them right. finally um, yeah. you know, meant a lot to him. Obviously, it's, you know, he was fine with but Leno. I would have probably got rid of Leno if I, if I was at Arsenal um, really? just because I think Martinez... Seems to be doing a lot better, and uh, you know, the stats so far this year back him up. Um, but to be at Aston Villa, where he will be the number one, and he's you know he's got no, all the support no, behind no him. Doubt. No question. He's no questioning. Um, you know, it's going to be good for him to be you know stable, and you know, he could um, potentially um, replace the top goalkeeper in Argentina. There's about four on their squad, mm. so it's going to be hard. But you know, a few good performances if Aston Villa continue on their form. Oh, yeah. And if they continue on their form, like we're talking Champions League next year, which is absolutely mental for someone, for a team that finished 17th. I know it's early days, but you know it's looking good on so track, far. On track, on track. Um, they're the only team that hasn't really dropped off significantly, uh, other than maybe Everton. Um, yeah. But, you know, time will say, tell. And, you know, if he doesn't get any injured injuries and he, you know, maintains his fitness, yeah. I can't see why he couldn't maybe get the golden glove if, you know, Aston Villa... Yeah. Continue in the way they have. four so far in seven games. Um, with the Leno thing, where you said you would have sold Leno, I can see why, but 
logically it wouldn't really make much sense. I mean, financially it wouldn't make sense. Um, just because I think it would either logically either. Well, I think Leno's been. I prefer. Marcus. I think Leno would have. Leno's been a decent goalkeeper since he's joined Arsenal. Yeah, and I think, I'm not as saying... I said before with the thing, I feel like he gets unlucky with it and. Who knows? Bloody Martinez could have a shocker to the rest of the season and yeah. just prove us all wrong. So, I think the, like the smartest option, obviously, is just to keep your best goalkeeper, which was Leno at the time. Yep. Um, so that was our main segment. Yes. Uh, we'll move on to transfer whispers. Yes. So for the transfer whispers this week, well, we've got probably two of the well, yes, two of the biggest names in football right now. No, 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 no. The biggest names in football right now, almost ever. Yeah, ever. I could say that. Besides um, the maybe Pele and you know, nah, a few others, I put them above. You right? You put you put them both above Pele. Yeah, this era is way more hard really? than Pele's era. I think. Right, that's 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 a discussion for another <laughs> podcast. Um, Alrighty. So this happened on the same day as well, which got me pretty excited. Thursday, pretty hectic day. <laughs> uh, first up. Cristiano Ronaldo, um, it was reported on Monday that Juventus would, you know, entertain offers for him and that, you know, they wouldn't stop him from leaving. Um, so, yeah, Manchester United have slid right in their DMs and gone, yep, we want him. <laughs> they didn't do that, but they made a formal inquiry to Jorge Mendes, which is Ronaldo's agent, uh, in an attempt to bring him back to Manchester United. And that's all we have so far for that. Yeah, I mean, it would be a good reunion. Um it wouldn't be good for Manchester United. Um, yep. To all those Manchester United supporters, you go, oh, you're just saying that because of me. No. Um, he's it's, 36. He's, he's, he will be 36. I think he will He's 35, be I think. Is he? I feel yeah. like he's going to be turning 37. Oh, he might be turning 37. He's old. Um, he may be the second greatest player of all time. Um, but okay, he's, he's not what United need. I think we discussed this in many podcasts, especially last week. Um, they need an overhaul. And spending fifty million dollars that they don't have, or seventy million dollars, seventy million pounds it. that they don't have, um, and then paying his wages that they don't have, um, that they could be spending on, um, you know, Plays younger talent that you know will build a side for the future. It's not what they need. Um, Ronaldo will do will improve their squad, but it's not gonna. It's it's a band aid solution. Um, it will sell shirts like. Um, yeah, it'll make the money off the pitch in an instant. Yeah, like um, who did they just buy? Cavani. Cavani. It, that's really what Cavani's there for is to sell shirts. In my opinion, um, you know, he will do a lot better in terms of selling shirts. Ronaldo, of course, he's back at the club. Um, but there will not be like the Ferguson days, two thousand eight, two thousand seven, six. Um, nothing. Nothing. Nothing like that. Can't even um, hear that. Honestly, I'm not sure if it's even a good move for Ronaldo. Like going back to he's got nothing to lose. I like that. He hasn't. I I think going back to sporting maybe would be better for him. Just back to Portugal, even MLS. Um, But yeah, that remains to be seen. Um, Yeah, moving on to the next bit of transfer whisper news. Yes, um, probably the greatest player of all time, Lionel Messi, the greatest player of all time. Back in the news, not very. Not shortly after their president um, resigned, um, Messi's contract talks and transfer talks have come in full swing. Um, firstly, uh, the first team to inquire straight away is PSG, uh, been in contact with Messi's father, who's also his agent, um, over a potential transfer, free transfer that'll be um, during the summer. Um, He's got but, a good gig there. Oh, yeah. Uh, rumors. I think these rumours are probably stronger than the actual transfer rumour itself. Um, PSG are looking to extend the contracts of Neymar, Di Maria and Mbappe. How difficult would that be, I think? Difficult. I can see... I can see Mbappe will probably be the most likely to leave out of those yeah, three. Yeah, I can see Neymar staying. Um, he likes the lifestyle in Paris, no. um, unless he would was to move to maybe London. I can't see him going back to La Liga. Um because the only place I could see him going back to would be Barcelona, but I can't see that happening because Messi's, Messi's probably gonna going to leave. Um, Mbappe yeah. will probably go to Real Madrid um, or a club 
of that stature. Maybe Liverpool, but it's not looking likely if Liverpool took so long to sign Thiago. Um, Tom, yeah, they signed him anyway. So they did, but um, nah, they're not generally ones to splash ones, the cash. Yeah, they're not ones to splash the cash. Um, and if they were, they and would they don't really to, need him. If they were to good. sell him, like honestly, the only way I can see them buying Mbappe is if they were to sell two of their front three right now, which would yep. be, it would probably be an overall loss to start off with, considering, you know, um, I don't see the, there's no, yeah. been no links with Di Maria might see. resign, but he could go. He's getting up there as well. Yeah, he could do a Thiago Silva and go to a club on a free if he waits out a bit longer. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think, I think Messi will prop. I don't think Messi will go to PSG. Yeah. I think, I think he's got to be back dad, with Pep, if anything. Messi's dad also um, reject no not rejected denied that denied the fact that PSG got in contact with him, even yeah. though PSG representatives I suppose confirmed that they had the talk. Yeah, so that's not looking good um, already. If but, you didn't, yeah. Um, yeah, PSG first in contact. Manchester City yet to make any formal contact still yeah. from the I, entire. For, they haven't made any contact yeah. for the entire time. That Messi now, said that he wants to leave. We should probably clarify that formal contact is one thing and contact is another thing. Formal contact would be, you know, a public statement um, saying that they're, you know, they're willing to offer this much, blah, 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 with Barcelona, um, in talks with Barcelona, or, you know, obviously offer nothing because he'll be on a free soon. Um, but contact, we contact do know... You can take with a pinch of salt because it's speculative. Speculative. Yes. But, however, we do know, or we are 90% sure, um, through very reliable sources, um, has that it has been widely reported that Messi and Pep Guardiola are in con- uh, in regular contact. Oh, yeah. They They're, call, they call each other for quite long times, um, or have done over the... During the summer when... Um, the European summer, when... When he, to, when he thought when he, he could thought leave. He could leave mm. um, obviously, you know... Batamo and the board threw a spanner in the works there. Yep. Um, so I think if he leaves Barcelona, it, which is looking more and more likely, that he will go to Manchester City um, to be with Pep for the remainder of his European top flight career um, and probably help them to win a Champions League. Yeah. Um, I still see a thousand different ways this would go. Yeah, I just can't see him go to PSG, but you know. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if yeah. he did, but if Neymar, if well, if Neymar stays, maybe. But as, you know, he'd, Mbappe, you know, yeah, he, you can ask a thousand questions and yeah. you'll never. I don't get think the it'd be right for PSG either. Yeah, it's, it's just you know, if he was to go to PSG, reunites with Neymar, but if Neymar was to leave PSG, Messi would have to stay at Barcelona. Does Pep Guardiola re-sign with City? He still has to do that. Yep. Um, I mean, yeah, Messi Pep could easily over. just sign with Barcelona yeah. when the new president Pep, comes in. If Manchester City don't have a good season, does Pep leave and go to Barcelona? Does Neymar then go to Barcelona at the same time? Like, so many things yeah. could happen here um, well, that we to just be fair, have to be patient Not with. that City... Well, I don't know. Would Neymar be on free as well? Uh, I don't, City couldn't afford Neymar and... Bar- and um, well, they might be able to afford Neymar and Messi back with Pep. Anyway, we're... Well, they wouldn't have this. to buy Messi. They'd no, have to yeah. no, maybe like they're going to have to pay him at least a million pounds a week. Yeah, oh, they'll just have to renew his contract. Yeah, but yeah, anyway. that's about it. The only other thing I could think of, if they are linked to Manchester United, or Ronaldo's linked to United, and Messi's linked to City, how good would that be to respark that? You know, I don't think rivalry. It will. I think leave that in the past. Personally, I just think it's not going to get any better. Um, I think Messi with Pep is a lot better. I feel like it'd just be good to re-spark the rivalry, you know, that, that, that they've always had with Barca and Raul. Yeah. And now, if they were to do that with Manchester, it would it would be a good spectacle. Would hit, you know, be at the same level as it was. Definitely not. Anyway. But yeah. Anyway, we all know we need Messi to come to England when, so Stoke can get promoted and we can see what Messi's yeah, like on a cold day, cold rainy day in at Stoke. Anyway, keep the viewers talking. I'm gonna find out where okay. Stoke are. In so, the yeah, um, I think Messi, if he goes anywhere, it will be Manchester City, as most people thought he would be moving there um, at the start of this season. Um, uh, Stoke, and it's uh, looking more likely that he will 
do it um, through a free, and you've got news on Stoke. Stoker 8th. Well, you know, it's a long season. Um, yeah, especially in the It's written in the stars. Let's all say that. <laughs> anyway, um, we should probably move on now to the matches this week and our tipping. Now we'll move on to our the fixtures this week and our tipping. As it stands, we're both tied on 74. Still. Um, massive. Yeah. We still haven't figured out a, a forfeit. A forfeit, yeah. We have to do it by the turn of the year. Yeah, it's it's not going to be something massive. Massive, um, just a little something bit something funny or funny, embarrassing. Yeah, embarrassing. not not too embarrassing though. Um, you know, just just you know, it's a forfeit. I don't know. Um, if you have any suggestions, you can comment below. Um, be in mind, he's we a Chelsea fan. I'm a Liverpool fan. Keep yes, that in mind. Um, although he's wearing a Newcastle United shirt at the moment. <laughs> um, anyway. Uh, moving on. Yeah, he's got a Liverpool thing behind him. Um, <laughs> Pretty visible. I have not yet put anything behind me, but should do soon. Anyway, moving on yeah. to the fixtures this week. We only have ch- uh, the Premier League fixtures as the Champions League does not restart until next week. Um, so, for Premier League match day nine or match week... There's only eight games as well, by the, the way. Eighth. The other games are on... Like, there's two match week nine games that will be played... After we upload next episode. Yep. So, they'll be in the next episode. Um, and so, I think some of these might be Match Week 8 as well. No, it's all Match Week 9. No, sorry. My bad. It's all Match Week 9. All Match Week 9. All right. So, the first match is Newcastle United taking on Chelsea at St. James Park on Saturday, the 21st of November at 11.30pm. What did you predict for that one, Tom? I reckon I'm going to go Chelsea 2-0. I went with Chelsea, but 4-0. Yeah. A bit more confident after the last few matches uh, Chelsea's played. Oh, shivers. Done the wrong pen. <laughs> the next match is Aston Villa taking on Brighton and Hove Albion at Villa Park on Sunday, the 22nd of November at 2am. Um, I went with Villa 3-1. Um, right. I just think they're going to continue their run and oh, go top know. after this game. What did you predict? I reckon they'll go top momentarily. They'll win 2-1, but I still think another team will jump them still. Very well. Wait for that game in hand to go top. Yep. Um, The next match is Tottenham Hotspur taking on Manchester City at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium on Sunday, the 22nd of November at 4.30am. What did you have for that one, Tom? I went with a 1-1 draw. That's funny because I didn't. I went with a 2-1 to Spurs. Ooh. Um, I just think they've been too good and Son and Kane are going to continue their form and we'll, we'll see some nice goals, although not many. Um, <laughs> moving on, we In have, a nutshell. We have <laughs> the troubled Manchester United taking on the newly promoted West Bromwich Albion at Old Trafford. Um, not the new one, <laughs> the old one. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Say that every time. Anyway, on Sunday the twenty second so of joke. November at seven AM. What did you have for that match, Tom? Well, I don't think Ollie will be fired this week. Let's put it that way. I I did three okay. one United. West Brom being pretty poor this season. Well, I think he will, and I think it'll be a one one draw. So when he'll get fired for that. Yep, for a draw against West Brom. Yeah. If he doesn't get fired, he'll be shot in the leg or something. We don't condone violence, but they're not they're not going to be happy if he draws. No, um, yeah, one, I think last draw. week was a bit of a fluke, but I could be wrong. Um, let's oh, hope right. so for the sake of Ollie's job. So the next match we have is Fulham taking on Everton at Craven Cottage. Craven Cottage right on the River Thames on Sunday the 22nd of November at 11pm. What did you have for that one, Tom? Um... I think Everton will bounce back with this one and they'll win it 2-0. I had exactly the same score, uh, 2-0 to Everton. Bloody hell. Next up. Next, we have Sheffield United taking on West Ham United at Bramall Lane on Monday the 22nd, sorry, 23rd of November at 1am. I am going with a 3-2 to West Ham. 3-2. Yep. What did you have? No, I didn't have 3-2. I had um, West Ham win again. But a bit more convincingly, 4-1. Moving on, we have Leeds United taking on Arsenal at Allen Road on the 23rd of November. 
at 3.30am, I am going with something a bit controversial, I think. Um, Leeds to win 2-1. Uh, I but thought you were going to put Arsenal in. No. Um, I've gone with a 2-2 draw at Allend Road. Moving on, we have the reigning champs taking on the recent top of the table, Leicester City. Um, so Liverpool taking on Leicester City at Anfield. Can the streak be beaten? Um, that is the yep. question. Um, on Monday, the 23rd of November at 6.15am, I have gone with a 2-2 draw. I just think because it's Anfield, I don't think that uh, Leicester will win, but I think it will be close. I think the streak's over. I think it's coming to an end. Big call. And it's going to be very rough, like a very big loss. Yeah. I've gone with a 4-2 Leicester. But I could be wrong. I mean, it's and no I Aston- hope I'm wrong, so... I mean, it's no Aston Villa, but... What did you say? 2-2 two, two draw. 2-2 two, two draw. I mean, if we lose it, still a very good achievement, but... Even if we if we don't lose it, that's probably even a good achievement itself to not lose. Yeah, you got a few outs. Anyway, so our score stands at four, look, our score stands at seventy four each. Seventy four. Um, yeah. Who's going to be on top after this week? I don't know. We'll I have mean, to wait and find it, out. I hope it's me. <laughs> so I hope it's me. Um, anyway, we'll move on to yes or no. Now it's time for Yes or No. If you're new to the podcast, the way Yes or No works is Tom and I each ask each other three questions. So I'll start or Tom will start and we'll go through the questions and we can simply only reply with yes or no. Um, No explanations, um, just yes or no, short and sharp. Tom, would you like to go first? No. My first question to you, Tom, is if Man United draw or lose with West Brom, in this coming fixture, will Ole Gunnar Solskjaer be sacked straight after the match? No. All right, very well. <laughs> I'm a firm believer that... No explanations, Tom? <laughs> Just yes or no? Almost caught me. My first question to you. Mm-hmm. Will Cristiano Ronaldo and Lionel Messi be playing in England next season? No. All right. Simple as that. My second question to you, Tom, is if Oli Gunnar Solskjaer leaves Manchester United and Pochettino is appointed, will he have immediate impact? Yes. Very well. I believe so. Uh, yes we, or no? That's, that's another way of saying yes. No. It's another way of saying Well, yes. you only have to say yes or no. That's the whole aim of this segment. <sighs> My second question for you. Will Liverpool lose their home win record this season? Yes. My last question to you, Tom, is will Aston Villa maintain their run for the rest of the season? No. Your last and the final question in this yes or no. Will Paul Pogba leave Manchester United at the end of the season? Yes. And that was Yes or No. Thanks for watching and listening to this podcast. Uh, Make sure to follow us on Twitter at GZ underscore football. We'll try to post on there as much as we can. Mm -hmm. Um, Both don't have uni, so no excuses anymore. Um, And you can follow Ryan on Twitter at... RP underscore shop. And you can follow myself at Thomas Hayes underscore. Um, And you can find all of our uh, contacts and... Uh, references in the links uh, not in the links in the descriptions of the video and the podcast wherever you're listening Um, and yeah that's it thanks for listening and watching bye